0: Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering, and this is the Next Level BizTech Podcast. Today we're talking about mobility. And if you remember, um, this is part in the three part series. So this is the third section. So, section one, we talked with Chris Whitaker, we, who leads out our mobility practice at Tolaris. Part two, um, we talked with Max over at MetTel about their take and their products and how they approach the market. And part three now is where we get to talk to one of our amazing partners. And let will jump right into that. So uh, today, we are talking with Sixplay, and we have joined with us, we have Brad Hope, the GM and principal of Sixplay. Brad, welcome. Thanks for having me, Josh. And we also have Terrence Sang, the director of mobility from Sixplay. Terrence, welcome.
1: Thank you, Josh. Welcome.
0: So um, I want to kick it to you, Brad. Um, This is the part of the show where I like to get Dirt on people. I like to hear funny, unique stories of how you got into this space uh, and really who Six Play is. Maybe you can kick that off for us.
2: Yeah, sure. So um I started in the industry uh, back in two thousand one. So I've got about twenty one years in the industry. Um, started at AT as uh, an account manager, uh, pretty much fresh out of college. Well. I had worked uh, managing parking lots before that for ah. about three years um, and I got tired of getting dirty at work. So uh, I, I ended up joining a sales team at AT&T and I was an account executive, uh, you know, in the greater Chicagoland area, ultimately transferred with the company over to San Francisco and did a variety of different roles from sales management to technical sales. Most of my roles were of a technical nature and then ultimately came down to, uh, to San Diego. And right about that time, you know, I I was getting very, very uh, intimate relationships with my client base. And uh, you know, I'd known a lot of my customers for, you know, years going on. i mean decades really you know or over a decade anyway and um i got to the point where you know i didn't necessarily feel that that um the solution that you know that AT&T had um may be the best option for the customer and i i, I didn't like not being able to offer that to the client so i think that that was kind of the genesis of it that happened quite a bit and um you know that kind of you know allowed me to really kind of think bigger and and really uh decide that i wanted to go independent and be completely carrier agnostic and uh, focus around the clients and then just have you know um a variety of solutions that i could provide that we could provide to the um to our clients you know i think a lot of people kind of start the same way mm-hmm. uh Terrence I've known him back in those days at AT&T so uh he came from I, I'll let I don't want to steal his thunder but I've known I've known him for a very long time and that's kind of how we we ended up you know getting together and um but if Terrence you want to transition over yeah. To him? Or, yeah no
0: I I love it I, sure. I love hearing that right where y- you've you've worked together with a lot of people before and oh. you kind of learn over time these traits of people that stand out and it is, it is a cool story yeah. it is how a lot of these great partnerships start and you go wait a minute we could do something different uh we, we could be on the different side of this thing so terrence yes let's 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 hear about you backstories how you got here any anything you've done crazy history job wise and where you're at now
1: oh so many crazy things <laughs> so let me just go ahead and uh keep that out <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, limit it, but, um, all right. So I'll so, tell them, um, I'll end up telling <laughs> uh, I, I, no, I, tell, I tell, these I'll stories better
2: than him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll do it. Um, so, so I was terrible at selling shoes at Foot Locker in like the year 2000. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I was walking around, uh, this, this, uh, this mall, it's called New Park Mall in Newark, California, uh, where I'm from. And, uh, it's in the Bay area and, um, this, this little kiosk that had a singular sign on it was like, Hey, you know, do you want to come work here? I was still, I still had six months left in high school and I, and they ended up hiring me. So it was a, it was a cell phone company that was like transitioning from Pacific bell. The SIM cards actually said Pacific bell on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I was selling, I was selling cell phones in a mall for, for a good, for a good six seven months um, until after I graduated high school, and I went to I went to go work at a Verizon uh, Verizon kiosk, and then ended up working at AT T Blue Direct at a retail store in Palo Alto. Um, Palo Alto is like Silicon Silicon Valley heaven. That's where a lot of the um, you know like the investors like uh, are are the yeah the investors are, are located on Sand Hill Road down the street. Um, so I worked at, I worked there for a while, uh, selling AT&T text messaging just came out, um, cameras on cell phones just came out and, uh, I coined the term, you know, it's like a laptop in your pocket, but it was like literally like. You know, the internet looked like roadblocks and stuff. Like yeah, people's yeah. pictures look like roadblocks from the phones. Snake
2: playing snake.
1: Oh, we love that. <laughs> yeah, snakes. yeah, oh, it was snake and all that stuff. I was even before
2: that. I was even before that, right?
1: It was text. Yeah, I was like the text messaging champion nationwide. It was like a weird thing to like claim. I was like, oh my god, I'm so good at selling text messaging. It's, you know, I was like, it's like a silent argument. You know, so it's like go for it, but um you know I, I saw the world changing a little bit i went uh 9 11 happened i went to join joined the military came back worked at a singular i uh, got rehired and then um you know went to go manage a location at uh the Polo alto location at at&t it was like the number one number one store in the nation we managed accounts like lockheed martin you know sun Microsystems, cisco it was it was all about equipment and chips back then um and then this phone came out it's uh, the iphone the iphone came out and uh our store had our at&t had an exclusive on the iphone and this is back in the day 2008 you know there were there were like people wrapped around the store you know there
2: there was I for people, two days i remember that yep. I,
1: heard, I heard people in new york were getting attacked you know for their spot in line um we were selling the phones you know we were you know with whatever stock that we had And I saw this uh, gentleman come in um, with with sandals and like a half zip, you know, uh, north face fleece and and people pointed him out and was like, hey, that's that's Steve Jobs. I was like, what? I was like, he looks he looks so different than in black and white holding an apple and stuff. Um, But uh, so, you know, what happened was he came in and tested out the process of of the iPhone you know, sales process through AT&T, he was actually buying a prepaid phone uh, for his cousin that was visiting. Um, so we went through the process and, you know, rang him up. And as he left, I was like, you know, I almost had a heart attack because I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like, that's nuts, right? Wow. So um, so anyways, through that, I went to go work at a marketing a division at AT&T and National Retail. You know, managing a district um of like 50, 50 locations. And then went to the business side. Uh, that's where I met Brad, who um who was part of my interview process. He was uh, my technical uh he was like my technical consultant, basically like the technical partner mm-hmm. over anything on the wireline side. Uh we matched brands together on the wireless wireline side, did really well. Um, you know, selling. Ten meg fibers when they first came out, so that's really expensive.
2: Like five Uh, grand. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) But hard to
1: sell back then. And I and I was owning the mobility piece, and always loved that. Always loved that business model. In 2014, um, I decided to jump ship and really follow my entrepreneurial hipster Oakland ways, and decided to go uh, become an agent uh, before anybody could tell me that I couldn't. And I went through a couple companies, um, learned um things that they did well learned things that could have been better and then um, also realized, you know hey I need to lead on my strengths with mobility that's when brad brad pulled me in he said I know nothing about mobility I'm an expert at this for 20 years you're an expert at mobility for 20 years let's merge together and let's just focus on what we do let's build a company from it and it's been one of the funnest things because I'm not scratching my head 24 7. Um, you know, I'm focusing on other areas of the business, uh, outside of just the technology that I know, you know, I'm not learning every new technology in Brad's world. He's not learning everything in my world, but we're learning enough to be dangerous. And,
2: uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's, uh, I, I love that story. Uh, it's going to be the work. guy that sold an iPhone to Steve jobs, it's gonna be right hard. Here.
0: You guys, exactly. I, we might, we might as well end this at the nine minute mark. I mean, just <laughs> drop the mic right there. That's awesome.
1: And, and Method Man from Wu-Tang.
0: Oh, so, well,
1: yeah. just when you
0: can't... <laughs> one, on you know what? one thing, Jobs, thing I neglected I to think, mention... I didn't have and Wu-Tang on the podcast part today.
1: Go ahead, Brad.
2: <laughs> one thing I neglected to mention was, uh, you know, I think what really gave me the confidence, I didn't mention this, but my last um, my last year at AT&T, I moved over to Channel. Mm. So I was a TSC in Channel. So I got a whole lot of exposure to the agent side, which when you're direct, you don't really get much exposure to how that side operates. And having that year at at and um, supporting the channel, I think not only gave me an insight to what are the good agents and the good consulting firms out there doing right, but what are they doing wrong? And um, I think that that in and of itself, that, that jump over to supporting channel gave me the confidence to really, really, you know, uh, make that transition uh, over to this side. Um, so I, you know, in Terrence had already been. I think you were already out by that. You had already been out by that time. Uh, a couple of years. Terrence and I had kept in touch, you know, and so I kind of got to see what he was doing and you know what these other companies were doing and and what they were doing right and maybe not so right. And uh, I think all that together really gave me the confidence to to take that jump and it was the best career decision I've ever made for, for sure. Good point. Good point.
0: So let's, let's walk in here, uh, walk through a little bit of an evolution. Let's talk about kind of where it started and then uh, we'll, we'll, at the end we'll kind of get to where it's going and and, and cover everything in the middle there. So uh, Terrence, i want to, I want to pick on you for a second. I want to talk about, you know, take, take me back to, one of the first mo- mobility deals that you ever sold, right? And, and, and what, you know, hindsight, we look back at these things and go, oh my gosh, how, how could we just live with this prehistoric version of technology? But in reality, it was the best that we had at the time. And to your point, it was revolutionary and people were lined up out the door. So take me back to that, that first mobility deal that you sold. What, what was it? What did it encompass? And, and what was that experience?
2: Wasn't it the iPhone with Steve Jobs?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, go, I go beyond, yeah, way before smartphones, right? Um, so so I, if I were to talk about evolution, I would talk about, you know, uh, where I came from. And, and it's like, I came from a pager culture. I'm not a doctor. And uh, back in the day when you used to get paged, I think even to make a page, you would have to hit up a payphone or like a family phone or whatever, right? right. Or work phone. Um, so I didn't have a quarter and a dime when I was in high school to rub together. Right. And, um, I remember seeing my dad with a, with a, a cell phone from radio shack, right. Like a star tech. And I was like, that yes. is so cool. Right. So, um, so my, my first deal was taking that, taking that into consideration where, you know, I needed my parents to pick me up and couldn't pick me up at the time because I didn't have a quarter and a dime to, you know, rub together. Um, It was i was at new park mall and um an older gentleman came to look at cell phones and he says you know i don't need any bells and whistles and the bells and whistles weren't apps and text messaging back then it was basically uh literally like a little antenna that you put on top of a a nokia phone to make it blink and stuff right Mm -hmm. i wasn't about that um asked him you know why do you need a cell phone and uh he says you know i just need it for emergencies and, um, I remember, you know, going through some concepts with him of emergency situations. And, uh, one of one of the situations that, you know, I just repeated over and over again was, um, you know, being pulled, you know, what if your car breaks down on a 80 on the side of the road, it's, it's a long truck to get to the next payphone and stuff. And, and, um, you know, that struck him as like, Hey, you know what? That's a really good, you know, that that's, that's really good, but even more importantly, Um, it's, it's good for, you know, my wife too. I I wouldn't want her in that situation as well. Uh So, you know, connecting that mobility piece to like an emergency situation, which I think just really gave the birth, um, to just like the solution oriented mindset of something so primitive at the time, um, just, just really helped kind of like shape. Hey, this technology could actually help out, help out people. And it was, it was a lot easier to sell that than to sell them off a snake. To sell them off of like you know, um, like I don't know, Chotsky's on phones and all that right. stuff.
0: Right, Um, Brad, I wanna I I wanna move the evolution along here a little bit. I wanna talk about, you know, you, you know, you're in obviously in this brokerage space. You you talked about how you 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 like and, and you've built up Sixplay to give you the ability to to sell whatever technology solution it is that the customer needs at the end of the day, whether that's wireless, wireline. I mean, obviously we're talking about mobility, but Talk to me about now with the technology at your disposal. How has has being able to broker and sell this technology to the end customer? How has that helped your relationships with your customers evolve? How has it helped your business evolve? Go through that with me. Oh,
2: geez, I mean, it's the way our customers perceive us now is so different than they did when we were when we were direct. You know, we're um, we're seen as experts in the field. It's uh, you know, it's. Um, it's just really, really increased our, our, um, our credibility with the clients. Um, and, uh, we're definitely, see, cause we're ag- we're completely agnostic. Um, we just, you know, we just want what's best for the customer. We, we have a mindset of, and it's such a simple thing. If you do what's right for the customer, you'll always, there'll always be another sale. There'll always be another deal. Um, and we're in it for the long game. This is a marathon, not a sprint. That's why the majority of our client base, I, I've known going back into my AT&T days. You know, they they absolutely loved us, and um, now the relationships are so much deeper. They 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 love me then, being able to sell internet or whatever I was, you know, uh, repping for them. And now they they see us as true consultants and some you know somebody that a company they can go to, regardless of what their technology needs are. Whether it's, you know, wireless or, you know, I guess, wireline, WAN, whatever, uh, whatever their needs are. And um, that really folds into the advisor type of uh, of a relationship instead of, you know, just being hey, let's call it Brad because we need a circuit. And that that's that's all the difference in the world, you know, and that's kind of where I always wanted to be. And where where, you know, when you work direct for a company, they always kind of coach you to try to be that type of person, but it's, it's nearly impossible to do that when you have to go from this product to this product, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, the company that you're working for may not necessarily be the right solution in a given geography or for a specific customer for various different reasons. So good
0: Good point. Good point. So, uh, let's, Let's pivot back here, Terrence. Let me let me call on you for a second. So um I, I want to get into the mechanics of a specific deal here in just a second. But maybe before we get into that, let's just talk about, you know, from a mobility perspective. Have you seen any success? Is there a specific vertical? Is there a specific customer size, type, geo? Anybody that that, that you think has been more apt to um, adopt this technology as broad as mobility is, or is it, is it really anyone, anybody that, you know, I'll I'll leave it to you to kind of define that.
1: Um, yeah, so, so I'm, I'm from the Silicon Valley before it was Silicon Valley. You know, I think it was like Sun Microsystems, Cisco, Lockheed Martin. It was, it was chips on chips and, and equipment. Right. And, and then now it's, now it's apps and cloud, you know, Facebook, Google, um, I don't know, Pinterest, like it, the, everything's everything here. Um, so it's really hard for me to just see one vertical, um, when I was selling specific product sets, you know, you'd focus in like construction for like some type of push to talk, you know, a feature for them to be able to communicate, uh, while on the go, while out, while while pressing, you know, pressing buttons, um, you see, you know, in the trucker industry, you know, for fleet management solutions um but you know now it's just it's just any company that utilizes any type of app whether it's for punching time cards on their phone or you know basically developing their own applications or testing out their equipment or vehicles electronic vehicles um all verticals are starting to really collapse and and just really needing mobility oh yeah all things so it's it's really hard for me to put a finger on like one specific vertical to go after it because, um, everyone, everyone will benefit now. It's like, it's really just, uh, one thing that I have seen that's changed on, on my approach is, uh, approaching them with the, you know, the, the flavors of all the different carriers. Um, because at that point, you know, they're not like leaning on just one carrier for being uh, budgetary or, or, you know, massively, you know, advertised right They're they're looking for somebody that's going to be able to talk them through, you know, what applications they're using, uh, and devices that fit that model and stuff. So, and this goes from anything from smartphones to tablets, hotspots, cradle points to, uh, the internet of, internet of things as well. So
2: yeah, I good.
0: So, so then let's, let's jump into. Uh, I always like to to walk people through an example, a situation, an, an opportunity that you worked with a customer on, and walk me through a situation, a, a, a customer that you worked with. What did they have before? What was the business problem that you solved? And what, what solution ultimately got put in place and why?
2: The thing about IoT, Josh, Internet of Things, is that uh, you can put a SIM card in almost anything nowadays. Um, now, I'll tell you a little bit about about that. And then I'll, I'll tell you about, you know, uh, one deal that it's a smaller deal and a, a client that we work with in the past, but I was technically trained, um, 15, 17 years ago, maybe. Uh, and I went through a program called at denim and there was this real extravagant, you know, uh, uh, instructor i love the guy but he was you know talking about think about this 15 years ago you know what i mean this is t1 era was big Mm -hmm. stuff and uh he was talking about putting um you know having a refrigerator connected to the internet and i i was like this guy's insane (laughs) i mean this is literally what i'm thinking i'm like this guy this guy has lost his mind why would anybody want the refrigerator Or, you know, their thermostat connected to the internet. And if we look around, I mean, just at the devices that are connected in this room that I'm sitting in, there's got, there's probably eight devices, you know, and most of my devices are in the other room. So, you know, what, if we talk about a deal, like there's one that I really, really love to talk about. We um, we were working with a a client, I'm not going to mention the name, and this goes, this goes this goes back a ways, you know, where they, um, what they did is they did vending, vending machines. Um, they restocked vending machines and, um, they would send, you know, people out on a truck roll once, so once every, you know, week, I think it was probably once every week, you know, and they would stock, you know, they would stock, you know, sodas and, and, uh, as we say in the Midwest pop, they would, they would stock, they would stock uh, pop and, and candy bars and chips and all this stuff. And the, and the inventory was never right. You know what I mean? It was, it was always wrong. They tried to forecast it. Um, it, it. It was always wrong. They would bring too much Coke and then they wouldn't bring, you know, so um, it was always a miss. It was always a miss. And I remember just talking to the, it, there were, it was their VP of IT and we were talking about network or internet or whatever. And uh, that just got brought up it just, you know, we are just kind of talking about their business. What are some of the problems with it? And I was just really interested. I wasn't necessarily going to pull a solution into it. We were just having a conversation and that got brought up. And then I brought that, you know, to some technical colleagues that I had. And before I knew it, we had, you know, created a solution using internet of things to connect these, these, you know, vending machines to a system that could track inventory. Mm. And once you're tracking inventory, you could get very intelligent about what you're, you know, about what you're selling and what you're bringing to, you know, uh, to these stops. And after after those solutions, it took a while to implement the solutions because it the customer just wasn't kind of understanding exactly yeah. <laughs> how this technology would work. But we did get the sale and after, after that, um, after that sale was made, I mean, it increased their, 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 uh, their overall sales by like 30 or 40% because they were stocking the right things because they could only forecast so far, um, you know, some, maybe one week a guy wanted a Dr. Pepper or he, you know, he gave up Coke for, for Lent or whatever. <laughs> right. And things were, their inventory was always changing. So it was almost impossible to forecast, but I always, I always remember that one. And, the the thing that i love about iot and designing networks is it really brings a create it it takes the commodity it, the commodity out of of this of this world that we live in and it, it brings this element of creativity into it and thinking and and how can we solve this business problem and there's a lot of ways to solve business problems you know with iot i mean smart meters, connected cars. I mean, everything is connected nowadays. So um what that can do to a customer's bottom line is is I mean it's it's significant. And and that's and it's fun. It's it's really fun to have those conversations. Yeah.
0: Good you know? good good example too. And it, you know it's it's it seems like now it's been such a common theme of the guests that we've had on this show where we're just here to talk about this technology, what it specifically does, what problem it solved. And it's been a few times now that people have indirectly increased sales, increased revenue, all these unexpected, amazing added benefits uh, that, that have that have really helped our partners enable their customers and their businesses to be more successful. So I'd love that. Um, awesome example. Thanks for sharing that one.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So final thoughts here as we wrap. Um, Brad, I'm going to go to you first. I want to, you know, you, you brought up, what it was, and then the idea of uh, how crazy it'd be to have something like that connected to the internet, knowing what you know now, focusing so heavy in this space, um, you know, your, your perspective of what do the next couple years look like? And then Terrence, I'll go to you next. So Brad, your thoughts.
2: I mean, I, I just, you know, with this migration away from these TDM legacy copper-based services, um, and going, I mean, the carriers nowadays, they are literally pushing customers out of these services and, and they, I've been hearing this for years, you know, um, that, that they were going to shut down by 2020 or whatever. Now they're really doing it. Mm -hmm. So, um, we are completely going to, you know, optics and mobility for, for pretty much everything. And I, I feel like, you know. The the internet has just revolutionized everything, and there you know we're coming to a point where every single, almost every single thing that you interact with on a daily basis, you know, is going to be connected to the internet for some various reason. Um, and I think that COVID really kind of um, you know pushed some of this technology faster than ever. Um, you know, it, it almost forced people to adopt the various technologies that they may have been resistant to adopt in the past. Um, You know, we're, you know, on a podcast, we're talking over zoom. Um, You know, I know a lot of people that just would never, you know, be using this type of technology had COVID not happened, but COVID forced them um, to do it. So I, I, I really think that, that COVID has changed, you know, the, the, um, it's really accelerated, uh, the adopting of, of, you know, various technologies, mobile technologies. And I just, I feel like we're literally jumping ahead and, and, um, we're so much farther ahead than we would have been had COVID not happened, you know? And, um, Yeah. I, I just, I feel like mobility is, is, is everything. I mean, that's where all the investments are, are going. Um, there's, uh, 5g is going to change the landscape with, with data speeds. And, uh, you know, it's really gonna, it's, it's ultimately it may eliminate the, the need for anything being connected via, via physical line, you know? So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting next four or five years.
0: Good points. Tarrant, uh, any final thoughts, anything to add into that? If you look into the, the little crystal ball that, that you got there.
1: No, I, I completely agree with Brad. Uh, during the pandemic, I, 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 was volunteering at a, at a local church here in Oakland at age range, 70 years on average. Yeah. Uh, called the internet, the text messaging, text messaging was the internet. They're all the same thing. I don't text message. I was like, no, the I'm, like, I'm trying to connect your computer. Um, but uh, volunteering with them, I mean, they had to pivot, or also tr- like churches were shutting down if they could right. pivot to like an online platform. So um, I was there, helped them pivot, and and still helping them till this day, working on a transition. But um, but yeah, I'm just seeing 70 year olds adopt this, and 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 it's starting to spark these things, like what Brad said. It's it's become more of a utility now, and 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 you know when I write when I ride um, our subway, which is called the BART out here. Uh, When I used to go into San Francisco, I used to just—it was the quietest BART ride, but it was packed like, sorry, you know, we're packed like sardines in there because everybody was looking at their cell phones. Everybody had, you know, uh, ear, you know, headphones plugged in. And if I were to snapshot that and then fast forward it um, two years, uh, I feel I feel responsible that you know (laughs) we're going to be living in satterphones, right? And the metaverse is coming. And, um, you know, people are buying property in this like virtual world and to be connected to to that virtual world, wherever you are, you're going to need some type of mobile connection to do that, you know, and 5g is just gonna be that backbone that pushes that availability to where, you know, Brad and I could, you know, work in the same virtual office while I'm in Hawaii and he's in, you know, Tahiti or something like that. So, um. I just see that, you know, us investing into social media, that's like a little form of this like virtual reality persona. And it's just gonna get more, you know, apparent and, and mobility is gonna be the thing that that pushes that and houses it. Um, fortunately and unfortunately. Yeah.
0: So. Good good stuff. And and uh, you know, just seeing some of that it's these it's these little things. It's very iterative, right? There's never this massive, massive thing. Cause then everybody, there'd be massive outcry and it wouldn't adopt. So you have to, you know, you have that technology curve, the, the bleeding edge, the cutting edge, the, and at the very end, kind of the laggards. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's very eye-opening, right? We talk about mobile devices proliferating. I mean, just seeing simple things where we didn't know we needed now on Amazon, when I'm looking at the app, I'm on my phone and I can say, view this in my room. Like, think about the, the revenue that that increases. Think about the the happiness, the customer satisfaction. I mean, just it's all those little things. So I love, uh, I, I love you guys have brought some 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 cool stories. Uh, we we sincerely appreciate the partnership. Uh, Terrence, thanks so much for being on. I appreciate you coming on today, sir. Thank you, Brad. Uh, as always, our Midwest roots. It's always good to catch up. Appreciate you being on the show as well, my friend.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us. Really appreciate it, Josh. Always uh, always a pleasure to spend time with you.
0: Awesome. Okay, everybody, that wraps us up for this week. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris. And that wraps up Next Level BizTech Podcast. Stay tuned for next week. Thanks, everybody.
1: Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.